0: Round up the usual suspects. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're
1: drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay
0: him,
1: pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't wanna see those returns? Where's the money, Lebowski? You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive, learn how to push. Show him a 3% return? I'll trust you to watch his kids. For the I'm
0: a big fan
2: of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Well, no, thanks, stacks and giant. I'm Tom Allen. I'm Ed on the board. S&P futures up 8.15. NASDAQ futures up 19. We were up a bunch yesterday, and <clears throat> we went, well, first we went way down. Gave that all up several times. Then we finished up on the day. So it ended up being a okay day for the Bulls after uh wobbling around a little bit because we were down really a few times. Uh, Anybody uh, listening who's heading to the airport, uh, be careful because everything is, uh, every plane in the country is grounded because their system went down. Wow. I don't know if you heard that or not. Do we have uh, Mr. O'Neill? We do indeed. I'm looking here uh, absolutely for his his name all over the place here and I I, uh, can't find it. Well, I assume he's in here with some sort of a Series C or some sort of a Wacko fund, or kind of a hedge fund, or sort of a political action committee, or something, looking for the FTX venture backers: Paul, mm. T- Robert Kraft, Paul Tudor Jones, Ontario Pictures Fund, Kevin it is? Kevin, O'Ne- Kevin O'Neill. <laughs> Kevin, I know you had that kind of cash, or you used to have. Uh, cash or or cash a. Cash. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: much, I strongly prefer to use other people's
2: money. Uh, well, and these guys are pretty good at that too. I uh, I don't um, do they have like public floggings anymore. What what is the Ontario Peach Teachers Union doing in this thing? Is they're like their second biggest people? What, what what are they doing in here, Kevin? These are the people that they couldn't give me any money because because I want to buy puts on their prote- protect their stuff with puts. I mean, what are we doing? There it is. First of all, I'm just I'm just a regular old regular old Southside guy. You got debt, maybe. You've got regular common shares, like most people used to. And maybe you have some preferred shares if you want. Might have a couple warrants where the preferred shares get to get warrants for, for uh, common shares. These guys have Series B shareholders. Cause you don't want to give up any of this this voting stock, right? So these dudes have FTX has Series B shareholders, alright? Uh, whatever guy's name they are, then we've got, um, let's see, we've got B1 shareholders, preferred shareholders across uh, West Realm Shires, and FX trading, now the Bs were preferred shareholders across West Realm Shires, wherever they may be, and West and FTX trading, now we have Series um, C, preferred shareholders ac- across West Realm Shires, and FX trading, the concept, there's Paradigm who's in here Thomas uh Institutional Venture Partners, Newlands Green Oaks, Lightspeed, Steadview Capital. these are all different like evidently financing rounds, Dan Loeb is in here with third point then we have uh, these guys, you know, a million six shares these are Series C preferred then we have uh, uh, Series A, these must be regular regular schmucks, regular common shareholders then we have uh uh, let's see, Thomas Sec, 16%, Paradigm, where the hell they are, New Enterprise Associates, Lightspeed, Ontario Teachers, Ontario is in here, Teachers Plan is unlike like every single, well maybe not every one, but darn near every one of these things. In for a penny, in for a pound, they've got 5 million shares of this crap. I mean, Kevin, what is what is wrong with people? just asking
3: um, I've been wondering that for years so I you know and, and that's a more of a, a blanket wondering not a not a uh, investment specific uh, specific
2: wondering I mean I don't understand if I went to these guys and said you know what how about if instead of uh, since the market had been way up we get out of some of the shares and get long-term options and write something against them and just cut the risk kind of in half. And, they, and you have most of your money in cash. Oh, God, no, we can't do anything with those options. They're too, they're too risky. Yeah, but they're the same thing as the stock. Yeah, but no, no, it's too risky. We don't understand options. How about FTX? Oh, yeah, we like this guy. We understand him. He's he's playing video games as he's talking to us.
3: Oh, besides he, uh, um, aside from that, he uh, has uh, stadium sponsorship rights.
2: Yeah. He must be legit. He must be legit. I don't, uh, I, I just, I mean, I'm... I, I I will bet you that first. first thing I would do, I'd fire every single one on that pension board and say, you are never done on a pension board for the rest of your life. What, what kind of... What, what? Let me ask you this. What sort of due diligence was even possible on a place in friggin' Bermuda, for God's sake? You know, how, how, how could you
3: possibly... Well, they probably got a trip down
2: there. Probably. But how, how could you possibly do any kind of an investigation on some guy who fled the country... Is not under any kind of regulation. There's, there's, how many bazillion stocks here that are that are actually have to have regular, regular accountants and, and things that actually sort of, uh, you know, sometimes people find a way around it. I mean, at least there's at a, a rule list you're supposed to follow. Yep. Where <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I don't, know, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, uh, the, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge, everyone knows I'm not a massive plan or, or a fan of how this regulation has gone to the extent it's gone, where you essentially have a bunch of people pestering people all the time just because they can. Uh, but the idea of not having a, a a registration for securities, not being able to read a, a red, a red he- uh, you know, what do they call it, the red herring or the prospectus of what the company's supposed to be before you buy it and who's in charge and where they got the money before and how much money they're going to make... How for you not to be able to read any of that stuff before you invest like it was before 1933 I can't even imagine a world like that and yet people go out of their way to find a place where they don't do that or if they do it's you know, I mean it's it's half-assed because nobody's really watching them not that, you know, this what I'm saying I, 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 don't, I don't know, I just don't get it I, I can't imagine on my worst day putting somebody's stock in, money in the stock but here the people in here are supposed to know better SoftBank, Tyra Global, New Enterprises, so Dan Loeb. <coughs> Dan Loeb's got more money than me, obviously. Belfer Management, Tribe Capital. I mean, who the hell is Tribe Capital? What an, what, is that, what kind of a, a, a politically incorrect name is that? Just saying. Not that I'm into politically incorrect stuff, but... Tribe Capital. What, what would cause you to name your place Tribe Capital, Kevin?
3: Uh, you're a Cleveland Indians fan?
2: Maybe, maybe you actually are an Indian tribe, I guess. But I, I'm going to say I doubt yeah, it. I could it. be, too. Um, what would be our tribe? By the way, speaking of tribes, there weren't many people. Was there? Did they uh, tell people not to show up at that game last night?
3: Oh God! It was the worst attended conference game uh, I have ever seen, and that goes back to um, 1990s Big East, early 90s Big East.
2: Well, the students are still not there, right? So that's one press. But, I mean, I had, a, I had like, well, above the fifth row. No, it's just, it,
3: it's a, a disappointing team, and, and it's it's as annoying to watch them as it is enjoyable to watch a basketball game. Um, so, no, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not prioritizing going. I was there, I was at the game last night. We're talking about Notre Dame-Georgia Tech, for the listeners who are sitting there going, what game? Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have gone if I had anything else to do, you know. You know, like if I had hair to wash, I might have had to wash my hair.
2: Well, I, I took the stab at the uh, at the Triple E tap. Uh, the ACC network, <clears throat> they had, and of course they did. And um, but finally, at the end of regulation, I said, to "Gino, the overtime is on you, buddy. I can't watch anymore." I left. I, uh, isn't it amazing, though, Kevin, how people can watch the same thing, especially two you know two people that have watched basketball like freaking forever and played it like you and I have. And I, 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 of course, texted Kevin, I'm, I'm so tired of watching three-point heave-ups go up. And we're not even talking about, um, in my opinion, where the, where the ball goes inside, you draw a uh, defender in there, somebody sets up as a catch-and-shoot, like right on the line, as, as close as he can be, and you wing the ball back to him. I know that they, in this day and age, that is a very seriously <clears throat> sound strategy if you have people that can, that, that, that can execute which is always is the, the case. <clears throat> However, when it, you look in there and say, nah, it's too tough to pass in, I'll just heave one, to me that's a whole different ballgame. I, I I played enough basketball to kind of sense the difference, Kevin, and that's why when I said I'm tired of watching people heave the damn thing up, especially when they're up eight or nine points where they were at one time, and then it's three heave-ups and the game's tied again, I'm going, and Kevin, of course, Mr., Mr. Statton, knowing everything, looking stuff up instead of just shooting off his mouth like me, says, well, you know, they only shot not X number of threes versus rest, which is actually below normal. Well, it, it may have seemed, it may actually be below normal, Kevin, but the absolute wrong times when there should have been a play, in my mind, somebody heaved the damn thing. Now, can we both be right?
3: Well, I don't remember a lot of bad three-point shots other than, you know, a couple of them up against the shot clock where they just had to put it up. I just think they run a crappy offense, so you know it, it, it's uh, they don't they don't have a post scoring threat, and they really are not uh, a good drive to st- uh, score team. Although JJ Starling got it going in the second half, he's a freshman and wound up with 16 points, but um, and, and almost all uh, almost all go into the basket. Um, but but he goes to the basket to score. He's not a, a, a pretty good passer out of the
2: drive. Well, I, I have a real issue when a guy—he was one. Of them, there's, there's four guys of the other color, jersey standing on their basket. And none of your guys are even close. I mean, it just seems like it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's bad basketball. Yeah, they just—they just,
3: pass the ball around the perimeter too much. They, they, you know, they spend a lot of time just zooming the ball around the perimeter, and that doesn't—you know it not making any progress towards a shot.
2: Well, how does how does the same team? That, in of course, this is a long time ago. In, in my era, we had. We had Austin Carr well, when I was a freshman, who's arguably the best ball player, you know, one of the best ball players that's ever played college ball. I mean, he's certainly one of the top ten. Uh, we had Adrian Dantley, we had John Shumate. we had Gary Brokaw, we had Carlos Jones. I mean, we don't have anybody. How, how, how do we have nobody <laughs> in this world where everybody seems to have somebody? How does the, how do the Irish have nobody? That the team is it looks like Loyola for God's sake. It, what's what's interesting about it is was the
3: uh, if you, if you go back to the recruiting days for all of these guys, they all all had uh, you know major schools after them. You know Lischewski, who's you know, uh, <laughs> posted it. It's the Polish word for oath. Um, you know he, he chose Notre Dame over North Carolina. <laughs>
2: I mean, well, he's not a good one.
3: Goodwin, Goodwin <laughs> was actually committed to Ohio State. They changed coaches. And so he reopened his recruitment and chose to go to Notre Dame. These guys were, you know, reasonably well recruited. And Starling, the, the freshman, and he's, he's inconsistent, understandably. Um, but but he was a very, you know, he's a top twenty-five type of player. He'll, and and I'm assuming he'll be back next year, and he will be a pretty darn good player. Uh, actually, I like their next year team a lot better, and most of it's not playing. So,
2: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the guy like, a guy like Goodman. He is a, a very solid uh, fundamental ball player. He, he he works hard. I could see him being a serious sixth or seventh guy on even North Carolina. Maybe maybe eighth guy, but he he's not he's never gonna embarrass you. He does everything okay. And Lushevsky's six ten. Six ten is six ten. I mean there aren't many of those guys around, right? Or whatever the hell he right, is. Right.
3: But but he's 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 a terrible defender. And this is this is after, you know, Ryan Humphrey has now moved on to Oklahoma, but Ryan Humphrey was the uh, uh, coach of the big men there. So he, play, he, he played under, uh, and, and was coached by Ryan Humphrey for four years, and and Humphrey is a guy who made, you know, Marcy Colson into a good power player made uh, John Mooney into a double-double machine turned, uh, you know, Martin Gavin became a solid player under him. I don't know if any of these names ring a, ring a bell to anybody, but the point is that they weren't, you know, great players. They were well-coached and became solid players. Uh, even Juwan Durham, by the time he uh, got to his final year, uh, became a pretty good player. So I, I'm confident that Ryan Humphrey is a very good coach, and yet when it comes to uh, defense, it's like, uh, you know, it, it, the one big man they have on the team looks like a freshman out there, you know, out of position, or, or just a simple ball fake sends him two steps fly in the wrong direction. Um, so it's it's painful to watch. It's it's a shame um, because they have a bunch of fifth-year players on their team, and they're all so damned inconsistent. If you look at their averages, you say, oh, average pretty good. Well, guys, 14 points a game He's probably a pretty solid score. Yeah, but the problem is that the 14 points is, you know, five today and 27 tomorrow. And, and you never know what you're going to get out of them. And, in, you know, in, in any operations guy, you know, any of our listeners who are operations people will know this. You can't live with that kind of variance. You you know, it uh, you you need that to be narrow. It's it's not about the average. The average is just a number that says half is above and half is below. It's the variance. How close are you? So you you go back and you take a guy like Mooney, who was all ACC, or colson or guys like that. They they were they were the same amount of points every night you know if, if his average was 15 he might get 14 tonight he might get 16 tomorrow but he's always right around his average and if he if he was significantly different it's because he had a really big day not because he had a two-point day why are you... and that's that's what this team is that's the part that's so frustrating about them is goodwin was really good last night 19 points 12 rebounds he'll have not he has other games this year where he's one out of 10 Uh. And and and, and, he's, and it's not one out of ten because he's taken
2: three-pointers because he's taken twice as many two-pointers as he has three-pointers. I have two very simple questions that we'll wander what uh, you, you can explain how the airline system went down, since you're Mr. Systems guy. First of all, was it was this game last night a, a, a national championship game? The amount of commercials in the second half were, were brutal. And the second question is...
3: No, I was at the game, so
2: why, did, why not does, me. Why does somebody... Why does somebody who's in any kind of condition, I mean, you know, when we were young, we were in shape, and I used to go play basketball two hours, three nights a week. Why, why does anybody have to come out of a 40-minute game when there's 48 breaks in the thing? Why, why do you need more than five people other than fouls? How how, do you, how can you possibly get tired?
3: So you're in Mike Bray's corner. He always gets criticized for having a short rotation, but you're right there with him.
2: You play, you play what, three-minute spurts? How do you get tired? One well,
3: it, it's a good question, I, you know, but uh, I, I'd have to pull up the stats. But I think uh, I think they did play. Um, you know, they probably played six guys, played the bulk of the minutes. Uh, one of their guys is out uh, with a with an ankle sprain, but uh, so that got them down to six instead of seven. And they brought, you know, they got a couple of young big men that they brought off the bench just to push people around for a minute or two at a time. But uh, but really, it was a six man rotation.
2: I mean, uh, did Austin Carver come out of a game? I don't think so. Well, I'm sure he did. They did when it was up, when, when when they were up by thirty. He played like every minute. I, I don't. You know, I don't. How, how good are, are are those kinds of people? Kevin? I mean, how good compared to regular basketball? I, I watched probably ten games this weekend. I was hanging in a little bit, and uh, first of all, everybody's got people empty seats in the stands or what's, what's causing that, but where I watch Nebraska, I've watch i watched probably 10 games. Everybody's going to, except except your North Carolina or I mean uh, your Duke where it's a small stadium or something, you can't even get a ticket. But there's empty seats always. Well, days. even Duke's going to have empty seats in the stands for a lot of games. It's just they're, they're
3: big games, the ones that get on TV. No. It, they, and that's that's part of what happens. I think I think that's the um, the uh, student demographic nowadays is they like to go out to big events, not necessarily big games. I I don't think there's uh, there, there's as ma- as many basketball fans as there are. Uh, is this the day I'm supposed to get out there to see and be seen? Um, well, so I, you, you know they'll they'll turn out for Duke or North Carolina. They will never turn
2: out for Clemson, even though Clemson may be better than Duke this year. All right, I'll, t- I'll turn the questions around. What was wrong with us? We went to every single basketball game and every single hockey game. We didn't care what the other team was. Never missed. Never missed. I mean, I'll just say I won't say what's wrong with these people. Say we were
3: sports fans. We weren't big event fans. We were sports fans. We liked the
2: games, and those were our guys. Well, I still go a lot. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I just somewhere along the line, I, you know, I am not there. There seems to be somewhat of a disconnect here. There was a disconnect. I mean, I, I, first of all, I wish I was good enough to pick the days, but clearly, two years ago, there was a disconnect between the market and the economy. And someday, somewhere, that always kind of comes home to roost, at least to a a certain extent. And it did, you know, last year. Uh, As for for when that timing is, I'm always early, I get it. But somehow, Kevin, there's there's a disconnect between the baseball I see, some of the football even, uh, the massive amounts of money where people are betting on the future, that you can sort of see the degradation in the present, in terms of people showing up at games, now well, maybe they're all. Maybe maybe it's so corporate that they're all still buying tickets. I mean, I, I maybe I'm sure in baseball, I'm sure the Washington Nationals—that's the game. I can't imagine O'Neill, and O'Neill, and O'Neill lobbying firm dumping your Commanders tickets just in case you have a client that wants to go to a game. I mean, it's just—I guess it's part of doing the lobbying business or the lawyer business or the accounting business. I mean, you gotta have a skybox. I mean. It, I guess I get that, even though the shareholders might wonder what the hell you're doing. But the shareholders, they don't count anywhere. It doesn't appear these days. There's a disconnect between everybody leaving in the seventh inning of the Sox game because it's so friggin' long, or the Cub game, or maybe you can't get a beer, whatever it is, and somehow the commercials on TV, they don't care if it's a football game and it's 12 below zero and it's porn, if that's that's possible. The commercials are going to come out. They're not going to give anybody a break ever. I mean, it, there's some there's some disconnect here, and I, I don't know that the TV and everything is so overwhelming that you can you'll get to the point where everything, all these things, will go back to almost COVID days. But, it, but there seems to me to be somewhat things are disconnecting. Is it just me or, or noticing stuff as an old fart, or, or is, it, is it is it is it you too? I mean, how do, how do how do the Irish maintain a massive? How does the ACC pay people? bazillion dollars in their TV network when there's 48 people in the place I mean, if there's no interest there how can there be interest I- elsewhere I mean it, maybe people are just don't want to get off the couch anymore I don't know but somehow it seems to me to be some degradation here is there or no
3: well I think it's like the NFL playoffs that's the you know the, the NFL makes a lot of money all the time but um, but playoff times is, uh, is is when the big money's to be made baseball the postseason um, you know that I, I'm sure they're paying for the rights for the ACC tournaments I'm sure they're paying for the rights for Duke North Carolina not for you know and and, and the rest of it is just part of the package that goes with it I, I wouldn't be surprised if you went and said uh, to a uh, uh, to somebody uh, operating a network they said if you could just cherry pick off the uh, the games you want would you would you do it they'd probably say yeah well I, I... It's, it's it's cheap programming anyway you know it, it it's not if it, it's not that that Expensive to show a game, so if you're going to run a sports network, uh, it probably makes sense to be able to fill it up with stuff that doesn't have a heavy production cost.
2: Well, that, that's true. Actually, you know, now,
3: half half of the time uh, nowadays, and especially I see it more in women's basketball game. They got people calling games from home, or you know, yeah. they used to they used to save money by having them come into the studio and call games from the studio. Now they got people connected uh, from home. Doing games, you can tell when they 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 put them on. Uh, uh, you know, it, you know, when they come back from commercial or something, they put them on camera. they you know they're sitting in the in the uh, in the living room, <laughs> you know, with the doing doing the game. It, it's almost like it's a Zoom meeting. Only it, it's you know they're probably just you know they probably bothered to put in a uh, a, a nice fiber connection and, uh, and and set them up, but. You know the, the production cost for this stuff is
2: cheap. I just uh, I mean, you, you're right, and there is no better. Well, I can't remember who wrote it. It was years and years ago. Years ago, uh, where I read some something about why is this game? And they paid somebody the Irish or somebody, whatever it was, three hundred grand for a, for a game. And I was thinking, wow, that's a hell of a lot of dough. And uh, then I read some breakdown between. Remember the show Moonlighting? Was it was it was Civil Shepherd yeah. and uh, who was the guy who was in there? has been a bunch of Bruce movies. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. And they were fighting. Weren't they both getting something like a million dollars a show or some half a million or some massive number, and they both were fighting over who got one penny more than the other one? And I, I, I'm not even sure if that show, you know what, I man, I look this up. Was that show a half hour or an hour? I'm thinking it might have been a half hour, but it had to have been an hour. And uh, It was an hour, I'm sure. So they, they were talking about how the, the cost of that show, and they were fighting so much that the last year, I think they only made 20 shows. And It was like $2.5 dollars a show, or three million bucks. This is this is twenty-five years ago.
4: Yeah, it was an hour long.
2: Okay, <coughs> and what years was that? Was,
4: um, that would be from nineteen eighty-five to nineteen eighty-nine. That's time so
2: db we're, we're pushing what uh, thirty years ago, mm. and uh, and and they they said we're so happy to pay three hundred twenty-five thousand bucks for a three and a half hour spot with a good football game. It gets almost the same ratings. We're not even close. We're, we're talking twenty hours a week for moonlighting and all the fighting with these two idiots and all the production. And we can do we can do five football games, and it's the same amount of programming. What?
3: Yeah. So the question is, how many people are going to watch the football games? And and that, of course, then just becomes a math exercise. Well, you know, I, it, 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 is the revenue lower? Probably. Is the expense side lower? Yeah. Okay. A minus uh, B minus A gives you. Yeah, <laughs> your your, uh, uh, your your gross margin is you know which one has the better gross margin. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty simple, and then and then you have the headache factor, um, and uh, uh, that that goes into it. And yeah, it's 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 pretty easy. And now with them, not even I think there were people courtside last night, but now with so many games where there's not even anybody courtside, um, my, my goodness, you know, no airfare, no hotels, no not you know it's.
2: Uh, well, I, I just easy, we're real, we got had to break here, but my I guess my the thing that I'm curious about and I don't know if I'll ever get an answer is 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 the person who can't get his is basically his ass out of his dorm room and walk over and see a game even if he paid for it is that guy really going to be watching basketball fifteen years from now if he if he doesn't care enough about it to go see it when he's when he's twenty two or twenty. I mean, I, I mean, no,
3: although you do get con- you do get later life converts.
2: True, and, but also and, you know
3: my daughter's the a good example. Which who was really funny last night is I as I looked over and uh, and 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 you know when they were starting overtime, are they going to win? She just immediately no, <laughs> they
2: did. But well, you just that's I mean, the I, I guess the expectation. She knows of, this game. Well, I guess the expectation is because of gambling, we're all going to do it. I mean, I never went and watched a turtle race, but the expectation in the world is. If I can gamble on turtle races, I'm going to do it. Well, I'm not going to do it, but I, mean, I don't know how many people are or aren't. Anyway, SB Futures, we're only up five now, and SB Futures up eight seventy-five. 75 So we're still positive. Uh, finished positive yesterday. Be right back. Stacks and
1: jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox.
5: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net.
2: Stocks, jocks. jocks, Stocks, and Jocks. You are out of control. Hello, right 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 now. Right now. and right back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Al. He's uh, Matt Byrne on the board. I was here digging up. I'm trying to dig real quick to find out how much the state gas tax is in Illinois. Mm. Um, so I managed to blow up my. NBC page, which I will get yeah. back here in a second. Uh, maybe Matt, you can find that out because uh, I'm just kind of curious as to how this is all working. Anyway, uh, yeah. we have SP futures up 7.75, Nasdaq futures up 14 and a quarter. We have Dow individual Dow stocks mostly in the green here, except for Salesforce down 4.44, United Health down a buck 34. So Dow futures are only up 15. We're in Europe. We've got. The uh, DAX up 131, that's almost 1%, 0.9%. FTSE up 45.6%, CAC around 57.8%. Uh, everybody's looking forward to this CPI number on Thursday, which will be tomorrow. Uh, and we'll see what's going on with that. I was expecting like a good number. Like, if it, why, anybody believes that number, I have no idea, but they do, evidently. a kneecap 270, That's a full 1%. Hang Seng up 104.5%, Shanghai down 7.2%. Uh, so virtually... Uh, up all around the rest of the world here. Uh, bonds, you a ten-year note, 3.58. It's down four basis points to Bund, down nine basis points, 2.21. Japan, right at this 0.50 number, which is the high end of their range. Uh, oil, up 35 cents, but sold 75.47. run up 48 cents, 80.58. Natural gas up four cents, 3.67. Arbob up four cents, 2.36. Reason I'm concerned about the gas tax is it just went up. The gas prices went up like 30 cents last week in, uh, in, in the burbs where I get gas. Uh, gold up 390, 1880. Uh, not quite making it to 1900, but pushing. Silver was a big move today 1% up 22 cents, 2389. Copper up 2 cents, 410. I uh, still have my people along gold, so it's been a very nice run the last couple of months. I will say, full disclosure, I was about a year early, but the last few months have been very nice. Uh, crypto. We got Bitcoin down thirty nine bucks, but still hanging in the seventeen middle seventeens at 17421 421. And we have the US dollar uh, virtually unchanged. Eh, it's up a little bit against the British pound, but unchanged against the Euro at 107, British pound at 121. Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic sports. And hey. airlines going nowhere, so you better
4: drive. <laughs> That's right. Well good morning. Currently six thirty-eight AM on January eleventh, twenty twenty-three. Uh, traffic in Chicago fairly regular on the inbound at the moment. Weather in Chicago, currently cloudy skies, right now 39 degrees, a high of 49 later today. Right now in Phoenix, partly cloudy, currently 51 degrees, high of 66, and a low of 47. Tonight in the NBA, Bulls at Wizards in D.C. Hits that tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time. In NCAA football, college bowls wrapped up on Monday with TCU losing to Georgia, 65-7. All-Star games start up on January 28th at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. As it currently stands in the NFL, Bears are the tail end with a total of three wins and fourteen losses this season. At the very top, you, Kansas whoa, City Chiefs. Whoa, 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 what do
2: you mean at the tail end? <laughs> Jeff Joniak says the, tail they end. the number one pick in twenty five million <laughs> they said they are uh, in the
4: driver's seat. That's what I'm that's what I was hearing as well, but as far as total wins. Yeah. They're in the in the clunker. I think, uh, yeah, they're right, right, right. there uh, uh, as far as 12.176. Uh, they're horrible. So, yeah, not <laughs> horrible is, is, is a good word for them. Uh, but at the very top, Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles with 14 wins and three losses, respectively. Uh, that's all I got, Chief. Back to you. So,
2: uh, Kevin, I, I uh, whenever you you know lob out against anything or have, have an opinion, the one thing I think everybody in the show pretty much does, even even our most opinionated people have the ability to look at what the other side is thinking about and at least understanding what they're seeing to where they're disagreeing with you and the smarter the people you talk to and I try and sure as hell get the smartest people I can on the show the more even when somebody disagrees with you totally you can surely see the wisdom in their argument doesn't mean you agree with them but you as you understand more and more you understand exactly where they're coming from and I the other day I had an a- appointment over on Michigan Avenue, which I never do. So I, w- I actually drove over there, which is probably pretty stupid. But I parked in the North North uh, Garage, the Grant Park North, which I haven't done in, God knows, a decade. Kevin, it's like, was there an hour and a half? It was 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, what, 30 bucks, 40 bucks? Yeah. Where where was it? I'm um, saying the, the whole day's got to be pushing 50 maybe 45 so... When you have uh, Bob Iger from Disney yesterday coming out and saying, hey, I want people back to work uh, four days a week, and everybody snows. Well, of course, it's real easy to say everybody likes to be working in their pajamas and taking the dog out, and God knows what else uh, you're doing at home. And you you might have another job. You might, you know, who knows what you're doing. I'm not even going to go into it. Uh, That the idea that you're working is hard from home. I mean, I'm saying that some people don't. Obviously, I mean Audrey surely does because that, that's her office. But she doesn't have anybody else there, and I mean she works as hard as can be from the place. Uh, but that's that's rare, I think, because she's. But you never have to worry oh, about. There, there are there are people who yeah. have been working at home forever. Yeah, um, I, I, I remember I had a friend who was uh, he was a consultant. It was just he was a, a management consultant, did a lot of project planning and so on.
6: Um, but what he had to do uh, to, to shift his mindset. Was he actually went out every day,
3: got the car out of the garage, drove it around the block, pulled back in, and, and said, "Okay, I just arrived at
2: work." Yeah, I mean, it's, and he would go to work. because I mean, it you know you can't have the kids. Well, the COVID forced the kids to be there, I think. So, but you, you, it's hard when you're on a Zoom call and people's dogs are barking, the kids are yelling. Oh, but well, didn't force the kids to do it. The teachers did. Well, okay. The schools did. Okay. Well, it, it was part. I of know of I'm the, splitting hairs, but you it was know, part of the, the COVID experience. That yeah, it was part was of the COVID at the time. Yeah, it was part of the COVID experience, shall we say. Yet somebody is somebody who is working in Hammond at home, which is pretty close to Chicago, all of a sudden somebody says, Okay, four days a week, you're back to work. I mean, it's nice for Bob Iger, who's got all the money more money than God. But I'm gonna say if that person has to come in, in the meantime, what's since the city in their infinite stupidity sold the Chicago Skyway to somebody I think the rate goes up every year. I don't know if they're doing any repairs on it or not. They did do something in the plaza. It's like six bucks each way, or five eighty, or something. All right, so that's twelve bucks. The gas tax just went up, and oh by the way, it's fifty bucks a day to park. All right, so if you're coming in four days a week, we're talking two hundred and fifty bucks a week. It's a thousand dollars a month after tax. I don't think that the Disney is going to give everybody a thousand dollars a month raise, are they, to cover this? The no, they're probably not. On the other hand, where, at
3: Disney, are they pulling into? And a, I don't know where the headquarters is in. Are they pulling into a, a a suburbia building with its own parking lot where you don't pay a damn thing? You're just paying for your gas.
2: Well, but but you're also talking about a state. If if they happen to be in California, I don't. know. Are they in California or Florida? I, I don't know, Matt. You can find that out. Find out where the Disney. I think the
3: they they operate a lot in Florida. I don't know if that's yeah, where their that.
2: headquarters is so. But I mean, you're talking about a state that. Okay. By the way. Uh, uh, your, tax, your gas taxes are the highest in, in, this, in the country. You're paying six bucks a gallon for gas. Really want you to buy one of these electric cars, and they're like 80 grand for a decent one. Uh, okay, we'll give you six grand off your taxes, but you're really off 74. And Nobody knows how long these things are going to last. You know, by the way, after a couple of years, the battery runs dead, and you got to buy a new battery, and that's 10 grand. I mean, does anybody have any clue what, of what people are dealing with when, when you're... I mean, last Friday, Kevin, I just... I can't handle this... Uh, we're so, I mean, I love it when the market went up. We we, think we had the best day ever uh, for people in one firm, one firm that I deal, deal with. So I'm sure as hell not complaining with the big rally on Friday. But the fact is, how much can we rally when, when we find out that the, the rise in hourly earnings is safely under the inflation rate? Then we got 48 male and female idiots all day long talking about whether or not we're going to go into recession. You just defined well, a recession. It's, it's so great
3: that wages went up, Tom.
2: Yeah, but I mean, we, you just defined a recession. What's and, a recession? And,
6: and all, I, all I do is sit there and think it damn well better have gone up.
2: <laughs> well, uh, uh, when when you when you define a recession, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I took an economics class once in my life. The, uh, the definition of recession is two quarters of this is somebody's contrived one, but two quarters of negative GDP growth. Okay, now if, if you were to if you were to ax anybody, ax them, what does that really mean? It means that on average people in this country had negative economic growth for two quarters, not a year, but just two quarters. Okay. So implied in that, in that definition is that your people, not some company or not, you know, some, some place you own stock in is your people for a period of two quarters went backwards. Okay. I mean, that would be my definition. I wouldn't, my definition wouldn't be Apple's okay. So let's forget about it and let's and let's uh, redefine the number. Or let's not pour a bunch of money into the systems where we look at a nominal number where, where everything is up 20%. But by the way, we're counting inflation at 5 So guess what? On the third quarter, we pounce back up. I mean, that's not my, the idea is to determine if your people, the people you are governing, on average on mean or something, if in general there was a quarter where they went, went the wrong way economically. And anybody who thinks if that's remotely your definition, which it is mine, and and the, the two quarters in a row is just some derivative of how you of how you essentially count it, if your definition of your as your pe- duh people are going backwards every quarter, Kevin, I think I'm <laughs> going backwards certainly since 2008, for God's sake, maybe 2000. I and mean, who possibly can argue against that? Anybody, except for the fact that there's the top one one percent of one percent. In fact, that one of the most interesting things I have it buried here somewhere was they talked about the growth and all the different income stratas from like, you know, 52 to 78 or whatever the hell it was. And virtually every income strata went up the same amount. And since then, it's been totally different. We're the top uh, 10%. But it isn't the top 10%. If you take the top 1% out of the top 10%, the other 9 haven't gone very well either. It's, it's only the top 1%, literally. Of the, is the well,
3: we're, we're going to hear we're going to hear it this week. We're going to we're going to get the inflation number. Um, now, I know you believe inflation is slowing, and it, it may very well be. But what are we going to what are we going to be told? We're going to be told what the inflation number is year versus the same month last year.
2: Okay, now be careful when you when you when you say that you know this, but be careful when you say that about what I believe because um, I believe that the inflation, which is essentially the second derivative. The rate of the rate of change of prices is, has been slowing for six months. However, yeah, okay,
3: no, and, and yes, and that's that's what I think you believe.
2: But that doesn't so, mean that the price level. And, and I'm not arguing
3: yeah. with that. What I am saying, though, is that nobody is going to tell you that when they do a year-over-year comparison, that the denominator changed, and that's right. affecting the equation too.
2: Because uh, let me, let me tr- the
3: denominator is last year, and last year at this time we had very high inflation, which we did not have six uh, it, it, as reported, uh, the way it's reported. We did not have uh, six to eight months earlier. So now you know. Now you have a better denominator that is going to right. make the number look look better, even if there is no change whatsoever.
2: Well, somebody in, had in the in the. Short-term uh, change in the rate of inflation. Well, somebody on TV mentioned it the other day, which is what I've been talking about for years. Don't look at that stupid year-over-year number. Look at the month-to-month number. But the the the, yeah. the, the problem the problem with that, here. I'm going exp- to see I, a, the
3: I, economists will tell you, and and the stat the stat hounds are going to tell you that well, you don't want that, we need to smooth this out, otherwise you're subject to all the fluctuations and the random fluctuations of month-to-month. And my reaction to that is, we were talking about data as it relates to basketball, is, fine, I'm cool with the raw data. I can look at a graph, or, you know, a, a run control chart over time. I can, you know, I can, I can, I can evaluate, and I can evaluate the spikes and understand what's an anomaly and what's and what's not. And I can, I can put a trend line through it, and I can do all of that. But they want to do that for you, and then present the data and present it as you know important uh, data without explaining what you know what's
2: behind it. Well, here's here's what I've, I'm actually. Never seen before, I mean, in, in my lifetime, Kevin. I'm sure it's maybe maybe it happened. It happened. I'm going to say it seriously happened to the Confederacy during the Civil War. Not so much the Union, because the Union was only about 10 percent inflation for the per year, which during wartime is, ain't bad, as they say. Uh, so here's very simple, very simple uh, definition of what I'm talking about. That I really want to talk about this uh, airline thing. Uh, it, if if something happens. Be it COVID, whatever it is, and if and the Fed puts a whole bunch of money into the system, and the price of an average car just roll with me on this goes from twenty-five thousand to forty. I'll exaggerate it over a two-year period. And all of a sudden, the Fed stops what they're doing, and we go back to quote normal. All right. So now, in the last month, the price of the car was not forty thousand bucks, is still forty. You have zero inflation because right, it hasn't increased. The, the The second derivative has not happened, or it may even gone down to, thirty nine nine. Okay, in which case, you have negative inflation, and you're making huge progress, and you're up there like Powell, and not so much Paul, but the president, whoever he would be, doesn't matter which party, he's patting himself on the back so much, his his his, his uh, suit coat is worn down. Okay, now you don't have an inflation problem anymore, but you have a price level problem, unless everybody in the country's salary went from twenty five forty, which it didn't. You now have a price level problem that guess what? Your your people cannot now not afford a car. And uh right. And they haven't been able to afford
3: uh, it for a while, and just because the number got a little better last month, they still can't afford it. And the the only solution to that, because the price of of cars is not like you know, used cars maybe will come down, but price of new cars is definitely not going to go down. Um it's it's at a new high level. The only way for that is for real wages to catch up to it. And even if that phenomenon, if if that's a real phenomenon that really happens, it doesn't matter because uh, it's going to take 10 years for it to
2: to catch up. The price of new cars actually... You know,
3: you're you're looking at a real long
2: haul if it's even true that real wages get uh, that to improve. The price of new cars that you have to pay probably actually have come down, Kevin, because I haven't heard... Ridiculous stories of people paying ten thousand over a list in the last couple months. That you no know, the CPI is never going to catch that. But for a period of time, when if you wanted a car, you were paying over a list. I, I don't know that you are now. Anyway, hey, uh, put on your other hat. You got about before, eight
3: ha- w- one last thing before you get into the airline thing. We just got to mention it. That in April, the uh, um, the largest gathering in recorded history of Satanists is going to happen. It's Going to happen in April, and they are requiring masks. They're requiring them to wear masks. It must be an N95 or a KN95. And I'm here to tell you that Satanism just ain't what it used to be.
2: No, no. Well, you know, when my dog walker was a uh, uh, a Wiccan, he was a, get a little this, he was a dyslexic, gay, Jewish Wiccan. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those oh, yeah. before. But he was a dog whisperer. <laughs> and I still got... Like a good name for a rock band, and I, and I, and I call him every guess what we you know what his holiday is. It's the uh, the solstice. What? The solstice. Oh, okay. And to this day, even though Scruff's been dead ten years, I call him every day and every solstice and find out how he's doing. Re- really like the guy; one of the nicest guys. And uh, by the way, he, he's, he's a dog whisperer. He, he basically the the dog was his client, and then there was the human he had to deal with. It was always the dog would be Fido, and then. That's Fido's human. <laughs> anyway. <Yep. laughs> okay, so anyway, you want to talk about airlines. Well, I'm just, what kind of a, when you talk about systems of that magnitude, you've met my, my buddy John Lee uh, way back in the day when he worked for Anderson Consulting. I think they had a bid, maybe it was Anderson, maybe it was the country, company left right afterward. They had a bid to totally redo, bid, and they did the job. Uh, they totally redid the entire air air tracking Whatever you want to say, the air, air tower programming and stuff for the for Turkey, the tower and I mean, and I just want to know how how incredibly complex is a system like that? What is the time to put it in? What if it starts to degrade? How can you ever ever have a downtime where you can add some where you can do maintenance? How do, just in terms of scale? I mean, is everybody going to be bitching about the FAA today? Of course, and maybe rightfully so, but what What kind of magnitude are we talking about here Kevin, in terms of keeping this thing running 24 hours a day, seven days a week and whatever
3: well not not knowing not ever having had my hands on the specific system so I can speak in general the first thing is anytime you're going to implement something new um, there there are there, there's a lot of testing that goes into it and you have to make sure that everything is well tested and thorough and bulletproof or as bulletproof as you can make it Okay, so stuff still goes wrong. It still happens sometimes, no matter how much you test it, um, and especially because uh, a lot of times you can test changes and you can test systems um, in controlled environments. But when you throw scale at them, that's a different issue, um, and and that makes you know that that's a different challenge. So you're going to put something in. The questions you have to have at the ready are. Uh, you know, how, how am I going to know I'm okay and what am I going to do about it if I'm not okay and sometimes the what am I going to do about it if I'm not okay is I can fix it on the fly I can recognize something I can recognize what happened and I can fix it on the fly and we can go along merrily with a minor disruption and sometimes it's get it the heck out of there um, because you uh, um, you know, it, we, we can, we can figure it out later, but right now we have to get back up and running. And, you know, that was always my orientation as, as a systems guy, as an IT director, as a network, you know, managing network, managing database people, whatever it was, it was always, hey, we gotta get the work out the door today. That's the first priority. Every, you know, every systems engineer wants to and say, oh, I really want to get to the root cause of this. I want to get it all settled. I, you know, I want I want a good, elegant solution. And I am saying, forget that. Let's get let's get us up and running, however we have to, because the work's got to go out the door. I don't know what was entailed in that. One of the things that becomes a big challenge when you make software changes is did you have to material cha- materially change the database as part of the implementation because once you change the database then the old software ain't working
2: well I guess um, it's it just the stages of a project just to go back to John's example I mean I, I'm gonna guess that over you know over a period of time let's say that was 10 12 years ago well you also have to train since the people who came in and did it are all from another outside firm because you, you don't have you know, 100 people internally to all of a sudden work on a project. So you have, a, say, 100 people, and I'm saying the FAA is, you know, 100 times this. There's going to be 100 people working on this thing. Well, they put it in, and they train people to know the system. I'm sure that's all part of the contract. All of a sudden now it's 15 years later. Is anybody is anybody around from the outside that can walk in? I know the CBOE had this problem. Allied Van Lines had this problem. Uh, if you brought the new, the newest young 28-year-old... People in from Arthur Anderson, the dear departed Arthur Anderson, or whoever, in the, the system's fifteen years old. They don't know anything about it. I mean, how, how do you how do you keep tr- track? Keep modernizing? How do you, how does that whole process? Well, there, there's
3: a lot of ways that you go about doing that. Um, you know, a, a well documented system has all the documentation built inside the system, not uh, uh, not on. You know, on some external documents so so that every time you pick up a uh, pick up some code, you have a pretty darn good idea of what it the piece does. So a couple
2: of things that come into play here, and and again, I don't even know that this was this was caused I'm by a change. Just I'm just
3: trying to get a, a look belated... around, looking at some of these news reports, and I'm not quite sure what what the cause is. But so let's let's just assume we're cause it was caused by a change. One of the things is most people are doing a uh, uh, are, are not doing these long haul projects. Um, you know that that takes six months to complete, and then you have a Big Bang implementation day. Most of them are using a, a process called Agile where you're doing things in you know one or two week sprints um, and you put in little changes incrementally. So I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what kind of project we're talking about. I don't know what kind of implementation. So I'd just be speculating. I am sure this will all be pretty well documented within the next couple of days, and maybe on Friday we can have a a, a better conversation about it. But, uh, you know, usually in the Agile world, it is just the kind of thing where you can put it in and you can either live with it if you don't like it, or you can live with it for a week or two because you can just make the next change, or it's easy to back out.
2: Well, I know that I I When
3: you have these big 6 months, 12-month projects, and then you have your Big Bang
2: Conversion Day, those are the ones that are really, really hard to back out. Well, I know that we don't know anything about this, so I'm jumping in on this, but I was just trying to get some sort of a... A level because the only person that really talked about this is is Jan, and he would say, well, they they did they did a, the entire Trans America, which I don't I think I bought by somebody or what, but they used to be a massive insurance, and I think they did a system, Kevin years ago, where they were like the first people, might not have been the first, you know, quote, quote me on this, but they they tried to tie together uh, hospitals and doctors and pharmacists and the whole bit together. They were like one of the first people to make a stab at that, and uh, it was. God bless, it had to be, I don't know, how many hundred people for two years or something. It was, some, I, mean, just, I just, just if you give people, we only got a minute, the magnitude of the task of even designing something like that. I mean, how, how big is it? I mean, how do these people all work together? How do you get them all on the you same know, it,
3: It's like, the, you know, I've been through um, uh, eight mergers and acquisitions in banking. Each of those was a full system conversion. Everything for for the uh, acquired bank had to, had to move on to a new system. Um, my, uh, my word of wisdom about big conversions like that is they start out miserable,
2: and they work their way down from there. And eventually it they somehow... Is really, really hard.
3: It is, ha- it is hard. It is exacting the details. Just yeah, it, the details I could give you from cutting over to, you know, from one uh, voice carrier to another, or cutting fr- uh, you know, cutting over from one fiber character to, uh, carrier to another. And that whole question of how do I know I'm okay... You know, and and the detail that goes into verifying that, um, and and having to do that in a matter of minutes um, is is just incredible. And uh, you know, that's that's a, a good long discipline. If we ever if we ever have the uh, stocks and jocks leadership retreat, um, I could probably pull together a session on uh, you know on how, how all that works. Uh, I'll
2: have to have a lot of coffee for that one.
3: Uh, you will need coffee, but uh, I, I figured out how to be pretty entertaining with the driest material. Tom, I'm teaching I'm teaching business law, I'm teaching informatics, you know, I've got to teach people to do hex math this, uh, this semester. Oh, yeah. It will be fun. I will make it fun.
2: Where did you learn hex math?
3: I learned it back in the 70s when I was a uh, assembler programmer. I
2: don't even know what it is.
3: A hexadecimal? It's, well, you know what decimal math is, yeah, you know so
2: what binary is, but mm. uh, you know... Uh, uh, computers uh, display
3: their binary. Binary to hexadecimal is an easy translation. So computers display uh, all everything to the uh,
2: technicians in uh, hexadecimal. i Just might Because um, it, it's 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 not as
3: unwieldy as you know you can imagine dealing with the uh, what what binary numbers would look like um, <laughs> if when you're starting to talk about thousands and you know numbers
2: in the we have, have to the dash, but I millions. I've kind of dashed on math since I was in a class in Chicago with. 11 PhD students that already were hired by various uh, oil f- oil companies, and there was me that got a D in integer programming and network flows, and I said never again. So that was it, even though it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our computer programming instructors tell me that they wind up having to spend the first two out of an eight-week class, first two weeks out of an eight-week class, uh, trying to teach them uh, hexadecimal uh, binary and hex, and, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll give them till you're ready.
3: I'll, oh, I'll yeah. send them to you, ready to go. S P and on that note, S so, uh, P futures on that challenge, yeah. and uh, so far, so good.
2: S P futures up ten, Nasdaq futures up twenty three. I don't even want to see that textbook. Don't don't show it to me. Uh, <laughs> we right back, Mister Russell Rhodes.
7: Three four five six. That's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com That's myhomesourcerealty.com Stocks,
1: jocks, and jocks,
2: stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now,
1: right now. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know,
5: sir. I don't know either. We're in deep. I guess we learned not yes, to do it again. Yes, we, we are in very, very deep. <laughs>
2: All my big stacks and jacks. <laughs> Come on, Matt Byrne on the board. with a great opening! RSP features up ten. Nase features up twenty five. We have the professor.
4: We do indeed.
2: Professor, what song? I have. Is, a, what song I have is no it? No clue what hex math is.
6: I don't either. What's so what, don't feel bad.
2: What? I, mean, I do I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about.
6: But, uh. <laughs> I still don't. I I, I really don't. Don't feel like I want to go down that rabbit hole.
2: Um, now there's two simple questions. Uh, What's, who did this song? Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, what was it? What show was it the theme song of, a Chicago show? Oh, my God.
6: I didn't grow up in Chicago, so that's a trick question on me. Oh, wow. yeah.
2: It's a trick question. You sound like uh, I can't find any of these. Uh,
6: it's an unfair question. I, I, could, I could throw <laughs> some Memphis stuff like that at you, and, and you'd be just as lost as I am right now.
2: There was a show that I can't even find it on YouTube. I don't know where the hell it is. It's so old. I think it's from the '50s. It was before Jackie Gleason was on the the Honeymooners. Wow! When he had his first show, it was in black and white, and uh, there was a they had a skit in there called "You Ask the Question," and it was freaking hilarious. They had Jane Mansfield before she died, Uh Crazy Guggenheim, some professor kind of guy. They had like five people, and the question was like, the question would be, who wrote the Monroe Doctrine? And James Mansfield would say, Well it can't be Monroe. It's gotta be a trick question. <laughs> they'd, start, <laughs> they'd, start, they'd go through then what the next one I saw, I What was the next one was who's buried in Grant's tomb? Well No, that's that obviously is a trick question. It can't be Grant. <laughs> 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 but as, as you and I we like to think the world is going forward and things aren't all bad. Yet what what is one of the most lovable things? Not you know, guys like it much, but what is if, is there, is what, as the lady said on Star Trek, males will never understand the bond between women and chocolate. What was that, the uh, lady who was the uh, clairvoyant or whatever else she was? She could read what uh, you were. Oh, thought.
4: you're thinking uh, uh, Deanna Troy? Yeah,
2: yeah. It mm-hmm. was chocolate. Uh, what do you think? What the headlines is today? Five brands whose chocolate may contain high levels of lead and cadmium. Ooh! How can we bleep? Right. How can we bleep up <laughs> chocolate for God's <laughs> sake? Just saying. Yeah,
6: I mean, d- d- nothing
2: is safe. And are Trader Joe's, Hershey's, who makes more chocolate than God, Lint—I yeah. don't know who Lint is—Godiva, which every time I bought there cost me an arm and a leg, and Dove, which I always thought was pretty good. Prom- Promises deeper dark chocolate. That's the brand of it. Promises deeper dark chocolate cacao, one percent of one hundred twelve percent of the cadmium, and what wh- what does cadmium even do to you? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is just reading the headlines this morning. You can't you can't fly this morning. You can't eat chocolate.
4: What the hell? This is, and we're only on, we're only on a Wednesday, chief. You never had a lint before. Those are good. They're good. Yeah, they're they're little uh, milk chocolate balls. Uh, they got cream inside of them. Oh, yeah. Delicious. I, every, I, they, it's kind of the generic. thing. It's almost like the modern-day Toblerone. You get it at Christmas all the time. Everyone gives it to you. But those, I don't mind getting. Well, did you know delicious.
2: you were sucking up lead?
4: <laughs> I did not. But I, you know what? They're that good. I, I will, I will eat lead. It's worth for it, then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the form of a bullet or, or, or otherwise.
2: Well, you know, uh, that's allegedly. I mean, mm. my as I spent four years in high school uh, studying Latin or not studying Latin as best I could because I was horrible at other languages. The the lead in the water supply is one of the reasons why people think the the Roman Empire went down because mm. it, it it takes away your your ability to do stuff you just become a slug basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I would not accuse you of being a slug though, man. So <sighs> so I hope you're not flying this morning, Russell.
6: No, I'm not. What's going on? I, I'm, FAA I'm,
2: has shut down all airlines uh, because they got some system issue. So you can't take a FAA. You can't take off. You're in the air. I don't know if they tell you you should be worried or not, but just planes in the air, but you, can't, you haven't been able to take off for like two hours.
6: Oh, my goodness gracious. No, I'm not going anywhere today.
2: Well, you wouldn't be anyway. You know, you'd just be heading to yeah. the airport wondering what the hell's going on. I about.
6: wasn't planning on going anywhere today. Mm-hmm. I'm down in Indiana. I'm going to go teach the Utes some things later
2: today. Um, the new semester. Are you uh, wearing a cardigan first day? Oh, gosh, yes. Got a. And a tie. And a tie. Oh, yeah. school. You wear a tie the first day. Uh, How many ties do you have? Do you, do you have like Jerry Garcia ties and stuff? Or do you got like regular I
6: ties? I, all I wear are ties that have skulls and crossbones on them. Oh, God.
2: So you wear yep, skull and crossbones? I have ones? them in,
6: in multiple, multiple colors that match all of the classes that I have.
2: My brother used to wear...
6: Because if, you, if you've got no personality whatsoever, you've gotta you got to have a gimmick, and there's
2: mine. My brother, way back in the day, we'd go to a seminar, and he'd wear a fish tie, and i go... You can't you can't be trying to reel in clients if you got a fish tie. T- well, that makes sense. <laughs> you can't be uh, 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 you know, uh, hinting to your cl- your clients that they're fish. Anyway, yeah. God. So what what's the new year? Tell us something good about the new year, we. I mean, obviously, I I get so much different vibes and the future from you and Kevin because you're teaching young people. Then I think it's it's uplifting for God's sake. You guys are so fired up about young, the young people you're teaching. Not to mention, I met one of your daughters. I know I, I met her before, but uh, it was a while ago. I mm-hmm. was incredibly impressed. I, I'm dying to see the uh, meteorologist young lady in a, in a little while, but uh, by the way, is she uh, does she decide she's going to St. Mary's or she hasn't made a decision yet?
6: Uh, we said, we, You know, the, the applications are still out, but uh, St. Mary's is if she, and I don't think this is what will happen, but think it's uh, the number one choice of where she's gotten in so far how's <laughs> that
2: well my, my friend and contributor to the show uh, Jean Pearl Marabito said she'd mm-hmm. be, be happy to talk to her because she thought St. Mary's really helped her out and she's had a great career and has kept a million friends and uh, whatever so that's okay.
6: why well we will uh, we will get them together as, as this decision comes closer to being made
2: as or if needed
6: uh, yeah as needed
2: so uh, what what's what's your first class today what do you what what's you teaching i I'm, te- I'm I'm
6: teaching basically the the second level undergrad finance class which we call investments but uh just about everywhere I've taught has three levels of finance classes they they have different titles but they teach the same stuff okay that's so a whole lot of time value money uh inflation and know uh, you know I, yeah. I've been trying to teach inflation for a decade, hopefully some people paid attention. Um, you know what? But, you know, stocks, bonds, diversification, the, the time value of money stuff, in everywhere, shape, and form.
2: I would say that if you had a, a class where your charges, and this is, I don't know, some experience at the University of Chicago, um, if you had a class that was, if you were to get all the foreign students down in Indiana in a class... They would understand inflation and money and, and currencies oh, yeah. way better than the other guys because they they've had to deal with it their whole life. If you're some schlump like me, sitting in Chicago, and the only thing in your pocket ever has been the greenback, uh, you have no idea what people are talking about out of the gate. What are, you, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? I got five bucks in my pocket. What's the problem? Or ten, or whatever, or two, or none. Yeah. No, it's uh, th- it's it's been a more difficult.
6: It, it especially b- before we ever experienced it. Uh, I'd get an awful lot of eye rolling. But I'd say, "Look, it, it comes around; it'll come around. I, I, I'll guarantee it's going to come around before your lifetime's over." With.
2: <laughs> yeah, or your or your grandkids' lifetime, or sometime. Yeah, but uh, it came back around. So there. So are are you? Uh, by the way, are you any one of these firms? Uh, Insight Partners, Lightspeed, or how about Tribe? Uh, this is a good name. Uh, Tribe, uh, whatever the hell these guys are. Tribe. I know Lightspeed. Okay, do you know Tribe? I do not know Tribe. Hmm. Uh, Skybridge, Tiger Global, Insight? I know Tiger Global. All right. Who are these other guys? Uh, If I were to say to you, say if you're on the board of the Ontario, I don't beating up on these guys, but they deserve it. Uh, Ontario Teachers. Tribe Capital. Mm -hmm. If I were to say, if there's this group that's reaching for all this money, in, a, in a, essentially a fake currency tied to nothing. Oh, by the way, they moved to the Bahamas and they have four different levels of stock. They got three different preferreds, a, a B, and now they got an A. What would possess you to even think about giving them any money?
6: If you, Some of these organizations are so freaking big
7: <laughs>
6: that they, uh, and they, uh, I'm thinking about Ontario, Ontario teachers that they're looking all over the place to try and figure out ways to diversify themselves, and they're willing to, you know, take a flyer every once in a while on something like, you know, FTX. And I think there's just such a, a lack of understanding from the traditional finance people that they're willing to throw some money at something they don't fully understand, and maybe rely on some younger folks that that claim they understand it.
2: Okay. No. But then
6: the other thing is, they, but a lot of what it comes down to, and even though it's professionals, is this fear of missing out thing.
2: Uh, Brady had common stock along with some guy named Bunchton, I mean, I just, I, I don't know, I, I, I guess I'm just, uh, bound to be lost, I mean, I just, I'm, 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 I'm giving, I'm, if, if I, if you were, oh, G- oh uh, G- that's Giselle's last name, Bunchkin, I didn't know that, yeah, I guess it is, B-U-N-D-C-H-E-N, would have Bunchkin, I can't pronounce him, I can't yeah, remember. two dots over a vowel, does that mean he accent it, Bunchkin,
6: I mean, I, I'm barely a numbers person this early in the morning, well, trying to get me to do English.
2: Well, these guys, Sequoia. Uh, now, what what, what confidence do you have in Sequoia Capital, which I'm sure is a terrific firm, but uh, at least in some people's minds, what confidence do you have in Sequoia Capital that they've totally marked their 210 million dollar investment down to zero? And I'm sure they have some really good investments. Probably oh not. yeah, uh, no,
6: I, I mean, and the fact fir- that fir- a lot of the firms that you're listing have done you know exceptionally well in other areas, yeah, oh yeah. and but you know, I'll. I'll, I'll I remember taking, gosh, this was in high school, and I can't even remember what class and what context was, but there was a teacher talking about how if you're a loan officer at a bank, and you never write a bad loan, you're not doing your job properly.
2: Oh, I, I, I totally get yeah. that. I totally get yeah.
6: that. And, you know, if if something new is coming along, uh, you know, you, you might... Get some exposure, and two hundred and ten dollars might sound like a ton of money, but it's really not when you're talking about firms that manage you know, tens of billions.
2: Russell, I'm a, I'm a, I mean,
6: the, from their perspective, it's like, okay, we, you know, a half a percent of our exposure was these guys, and now it's gone.
2: I just, I, I think that well, there, there are, what's, what's the, uh, what's, where's our buddy, uh, uh, our buddy, you know, Roy Briggs, don't you? I know, uh, a buddy of mine. apparently he he's pretty good at poker. What's the what's the thing if you if if you if you always if you got a really good hand you always say Who's, whose bet is it? Then everybody knows you got a good hand. Is it with a tag or was it a trick? It's a tag, isn't it? Yeah. What do they call it? it There's a towel. a tell a tell, and yeah. uh, I, I've always thought you know since I've I missed every one of them. You know, I was actually a pretty good poker player, but way back before they had Texas Hold'em. But the uh, I always thought that it, it – there, there's little tells that of course I was never able to pick up when they happened. but the first one was when I was at Pullman and Robin well we were boyfriend girlfriend and uh, still her friends and she was assistant treasurer she goes, come on, we're going to this dinner from Bank America and we're going to see Zorba the Greek Anthony Quinn at the Erie Crown so we end up having the bus takes us to the Metropolitan Club way up in the Sears Tower of course it was so foggy I couldn't see out of the seven. I was looking for the, waiting for the view, and of course it was so foggy I couldn't see out. We have this terrific dinner, booze, bus over, and we go to McCormick Place, and you know, we have to see this great play. Anthony Quinn was really good. Th- th- they kind of spent a fortune on us, right? So then, like two uh-huh. years later, I'm on the trading floor playing softball, and we go out to Grant Park, and the Bank America team had to borrow a bat and ball for practice and didn't have any uniforms, and everybody else did. <laughs> I'm like What's wrong with these guys? I should have shorted the the bleeps the next day. Their stock went down like thirty percent in the next two weeks. <laughs> <So> <laughs> just just say it. And of course that I have a put. No, uh, but the, somehow you, or another, didn't, you didn't pick up on that tell. Didn't pick up on the tell. And yet, but you know what?
6: You did. And to your credit, I mean, at a very high level, you were you looked at what FTX did and you kept saying, "I, you, this thing makes no sense whatsoever."
2: But I, I just wonder if, if yeah. you if you had been the young guy, you and I say we were once young. Say we were the young guys at the Ontario Teachers Place or anywhere else, any of the other people on this list, and we used all our our persuasion and basically put our neck out in the guillotine and said these guys are the real the real deal and we gave them a hundred million bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and all of a sudden the next day you found out that they just gave Major League Baseball $100 million bucks to put... <laughs> what, or, what, what, or, or if you were uh, uh, Sequoia and you gave the people $210 million, million and a month later you heard one of the people from Sequoia say the reason why we gave them the dough is because uh, the guy had the balls basically uh, family show the balls to Give us the presentation while he was also playing a video game.
6: Yeah, I mean, that, what that, does that, that sound that's like? That's just such a bad book for the people at Sequoia.
2: But 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 the whole idea of I I I, I, sh- I would have called if I gave if I gave you a hundred million dollars the next day you you sponsored the United Center I would say gee Russell I mean you know I, I really love you we've been friends a long time but did you just give those guys my hundred mil? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, is isn't it a simple question? Well, by the way, I hope that wasn't my No, you just gave these idiots. I mean, am I right or wrong? I mean, they're, 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 oh, no, you're, no you're, absolutely,
6: you're, you're absolutely right to think on that
2: one, but
6: to, to think like that. But, yeah, I, I think that, that a big part of what I did in my, my dissertation was about just visibility and how visibility, if, if you see something all over the place, it kind of skews your thinking to the can skew your thinking to the positive side. Yes, um, and I I feel like that's what was going on with FTX. You just if you saw them everywhere, you got to assume that they're making money to pay for seeing them everywhere, and not that they're just taking investors' money and turning around and slapping a patch on on umpires on umpires. So I, I I feel like that you know that. And we're going to equate that one to, like, Pets.com at all. What uh, It's just going to be one of those symbols of, of the whole crypto craziness. I
2: mean, you and I have been involved in varying degrees. Uh, you worked at the place, the Options Institute, in places where they were always worried about what you told people about options and so forth. And obviously, uh-huh. I'm in the most regulated industry on Earth, to the point where I will criticize... The current state of regulation, but I will never say there shouldn't be any in terms, in the sense of uh, oh gosh, well. or where, you, where you don't need to have a, you can sell stock without a prospectus. Or, I mean, you would never get me to say that. But what would it, what would it say to you if you? I mean, this is before people were giving them huge amounts of money, I would guess. But if if you gave somebody twenty five mil, and I I don't know the whole history here. Maybe Matt can find it. or Maybe you just know. I think these guys started out in Chicago, uh, the Bitcoin or the FTX people. When when they all of a sudden pull up stakes and move to Bahamas, what does that say to you? They, well,
6: first off, they w- what they did when they started up was they found a they, it, it, remember Pedetree. He he figured out you know that that if people had tablet computers on the floor, they they'd have an edge on everybody else trading on all the different option exchange floors, and they kept. Trying to make rules that, that kept it fairer for everybody else, I guess. FTX found figured out a way to like basically arbitrage crypto between I uh, believe Japan and the U.S. and maybe South Korea was in there as well. But they had a really they had initially they had a really profitable strategy, and like any arbitrage type strategy, it went away, you know, and they just never came up with anything
2: else to make money with. They, but they, but were, they were
6: initially posi- They were initially profitable.
2: Uh, they were actually, have, uh, unfortunately, Russell. I've read quite a bit about this. Mm-hmm. They were. They were an arb firm, like you said, yeah, arbitrage. That's,
6: that's what I'm saying. And the arb that they were trading went away.
2: Well, right, and but the 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 genius part, and I will I will say these people were not without talent. Uh, you don't you don't get there without. Without talent, I mean, mm-hmm. you could be the biggest Trump hater on earth. But the fact is, the guy the guy made it to the president. <laughs> there's a skill. If you'd like the president, yeah, there's you can the president. Call him stupid all you want. Yeah, there, there's a skill set there. Elect I mean, the It might it might not be the skill set you you like, but there's a skill yeah. set there. Uh, the uh, what what he did is I think it was I was never in that game, but what he found out um, if, if you and I. Okay, if, if you and I decide, and a, a basic—I hate to bring this down to gambling, but they are sort of similar.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
2: and I know that every single time that when the Bears play Detroit, because of the amount of Detroit betters in Detroit, I assume there's Detroit betters because they're all Bear betters in Chicago, mm-hmm. that that the uh, that Detroit is always going to be will <laughs> go back to you, a, a f- seven-point underdog in Detroit, but they're going to be a four-point underdog here because everybody's such a crazy Bear fan, right? That mm-hmm. you could, without, without question, if you wanted to, you could send you know, Matt Byrne up to Detroit, and you could say, put a whole bunch of money down on one of the teams at four points in Detroit, and I'll put a whole bunch of money down on at, at seven points in Chicago. That someday, somewhere, this is going to land at five or six, and we're going to win both sides. Correct. Yeah. So that because you can't really buy and sell like a bet like that, but you can at least arb the points a little bit. If it actually was gold was trading thousand dollars an ounce in Britain and nine hundred dollars an ounce in New York, arbitrageurs, that's why markets match, because people are arbitrageurs. People are gonna uh-huh. buy the gold in Detroit and they're gonna sell it in London to the point where they're both nine fifty or somewhere in there, correct? And so but now the problem with that is it's not like trading an option. Because options don't have this problem. If you if you trade an option, if you buy it through PTI, and I'm going to say when the, when the trading floor, if we sent the order down there and they bought the option from call options from Matt Byrne, and all of a sudden an hour later you're up whatever up or down you want to get out, you sell the option through my brother who's who's trading in a crowd oh. down there. You you are flat according to OCC. That's what that's what having a clearing arrangement has. You don't have a position. Any other thing you do whether it's a bet on the, on the, the Giants or the, the lions and the bears or whatever you actually are a long Detroit short Chicago you're not you're not flat okay mm-hmm. there's a big difference because all of a sudden if the guy in Detroit all of a sudden he's found in the river somewhere or he just leaves you may you may win in Chicago or lose in Chicago you haven't won in Detroit you just lost right so it's called contraparty risk. So what these guys did for, I guess, a long period of time, uh, Russell, for whatever reason, Bitcoin was higher in Korea than it was in Europe. Yeah. And what these guys did was found a way where they could satisfy themselves. I don't think it ever, they ever were flat. They were able to satisfy themselves that they could do this all day long without just building up massive counter- counterparty risk, where they actually were able to find a way to clear it so that they settled in one place and settled in the other, to where the trade was done, and it wasn't hanging for week after week. So, however they did that was probably, I won't say genius, but it was ahead of other people. And they yeah, were, they, they, were, have a, they, they,
6: you know, remember. I mean, there, there have been cases like this throughout my career,
2: throughout history. Uh, throughout we, history. we had yeah.
6: people that we had people that figured out they could front run over the counter market, and then things changed. They couldn't do that anymore, and. FTX, the the I think the Alameda Research was the, the entity that did yeah. hard. Um, they did really well with that, and they never found another trade, and that trade went
2: away. But they never they never got clobbered by a, the guy in Korea that coming up with it, or the guy in, in right. They were smart right. enough to be able to clear it, so yeah. they were they were actually making the, what I what I read. There were days where they made a million bucks doing this a day. Yeah, that's real money. Yeah. So I mean, they had they had a bunch to start with before they started getting money from other people, which makes you even wonder how they went down the rat hole to the point where, well, what's his name? I mean, talk about another example. Who's the God? Uh, I want to, the follicly challenged, uh, the bald headed guy he who ended up mm-hmm. going to jail for leaving. What was his name? Uh, that invented junk bonds. Uh, oh,
6: you're talking about you're talking about Drexel. Um Burnham. you talking,
2: uh, you're talking about um, Milken. Yeah. W- yeah. Who was a, a stone cold genius in the sense that uh-huh. in those days, if you want, if you were a firm, PTI well PTI is a, it's a bad example because it's really hard for uh, for people in uh, regulated industries to go out and borrow money. So let's say not PTI, but if it's XYZ Plumbing, your, your two ways of doing things were to go to F- Solomon and Goldman, where they'd absolutely fleece your ass, or you go to a bank and they charge you up basically up to wazoo. So or so would. would Lehman did, or what this guy did, uh, um, he, he said, okay, we're going to try something else. We're going to have a, uh, not, not uh, investment-grade bonds, hence the name Junk, and we're going to market these bonds to firms like you know, our, our plumbing firm, bigger a big plumbing firm, but we're going to make sure people buy a little bit of like 25 bonds and not just one. So he came up with an alternative way of financing. Which of course pissed everybody off, right? Because now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, so when you do that, unlike the people of FFCX, FTX, you have to main, you got to be kind of everybody's gunning for you, right, Russell? All the real yeah. big guys, you have to make sure that you're purer than Pharaoh's wife, which he didn't do. So all of a sudden, no. all of a sudden he got involved with these guys, and they started hitting him up with, "Hey, you know, we know this company's being taken over. How about, So all of a sudden he got involved in some insider trading, which he never started out to do, right? And all of a sudden, he ends up in jail, just like this guy's going to be. Mm. Yet, in the in the uh-huh. beginning, they were very bright people that saw an edge. If, if you ask yourself, why the 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 euro versus U.S. market of every bank is is basically at the same rate or darn close, it's because if they didn't, how many people are there in the world, Russell, will buy from one bank and sell from the other instantly and bring them together?
4: Oh, they they get uh, they get picked off. Yeah, immediately. By the way, uh, FTX is uh, from last May. They had their uh, their Chicago headquarters opened up in May, closed down in September of this year, of, of last year, twenty twenty
2: two. Yeah, I think they were all. They, I think they were were they here, here before along. they went to Bahamas, though, weren't they, Russell? They were, yeah. Anyway, I, S- I if up and is up twelve seventy five, Nasif is up thirty one. We come back, Russell is going to be like, how come you don't have a uh, you and two other guys having the the uh, Economic Forecast Luncheon Like the people in Chicago do well, you got to start that next year Down in Indianapolis Just saying It's a big deal I, I know Well you could start it up I'd, 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 I'd come down uh, we,
6: we, uh, Chief, we've done it for 97 years in
2: Indianapolis Really? Well, how come I don't see yeah. it in the paper like I do see I,
6: I was the I was the speaker at it back in November Really? Yeah, it's a roadshow thing that I talk about That I say, you know, go around to the community groups That's what it is
2: I'm talking about the one where it's in Cranes and it's all those other places. It's not a road show. It's actually the. the well, no, we
6: no, we do it for the regular people. The UFC does it for the rich folks.
2: Oh, all right. Hey, yeah, I was there. I wasn't rich. I just went. Well, just you, saying. You, whatever. If you're up eleven, if you're up twenty-seven, by the way, a couple of those guys ahead in class, uh, boy, last time I went, how scary was that? right back, stacks and jacks.
5: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits,
2: Stocks jocks, jocks stocks and jocks. You are out of control right here. Right now, right here. Right now, right now. big right well, stocks and jacks. I'm Allen, at Burn on the board. SP futures up ten seventy five. NASA futures up twenty-four. I'm wobbly here, but we're pretty solid in this in this number. I don't it doesn't look like we're Heading south here. At least we have been during the morning the last couple of weeks, except for a couple of days, and but not not so much today. It looks it looks pretty solid actually. We're in Europe. We've got uh, DAX up one fifty eight. That's a full one percent. FTSE up sixty three point eight percent. around up sixty five, a full one percent there. So I think people are thinking the CPI number tomorrow is going to be light. So everybody's kind of trading that way. I, we'll see what comes out. A uh, Nikkei up two seventy one percent. Hang Seng up one hundred four point five percent shanghai up uh, down seven point two percent again i just i i know i say it every morning but i'm i'm just fascinated by this hang Seng being fourteen five in october and now it's twenty one four what a what a buy I mean, even though i'm not big on buying chinese stuff i would, I would like to put along that uh... Tenure down three basis points Boom three po- down eight basis points So two point two one this is the one that's interesting japan is point five one which is actually higher than the highest spot the Japan government says they could go from 0.25 to 0.5, well now they've done it. Now the question is are they going to let it go higher or not? Uh, well I guess we'll find out pretty soon. Well up uh, almost a buck now, 1.3% to 76.09. Rent up a buck 6, 81.16. Natural gas up 8 cents but still 3.72. Arbob up 5 cents, five cents 2.38. Uh, gold up 6 bucks now, 18.82. I'm staying long in there, but I'm a little, getting a little worried. As it's up this high? I don't know if it's going to make two thousand, but I'd like it to. Silver up twenty-seven cents, twenty-three ninety-four. Copper up five cents, four thirteen. We've got Bitcoin down fifty-two bucks, but right in the middle, seventeen hundreds here. Very quiet, seventeen thousand four hundred eight. And we have the U.S. dollar uh, down a little bit against the. Uh, I mean, up a little bit against the German pound. German German pound. The British <laughs> pound. One point two one. Steady against the euro at 1.07. Got down to 101. It got down to like 108. So we're we bounced back some, but we're still relatively high in the dollar historically. Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports.
4: Hello. Good morning. Currently 7:37 a.m. on January eleventh twenty 2023. Traffic in Chicago is an accident westbound on the Eisenhower. It occurred before Desplaines Avenue exit 21A. Expect delays up to 10 minutes. Weather in Chicago currently cloudy skies. Right now, 39 degrees, a high of 49 later today. Right now in Phoenix, partly cloudy. Currently 50 degrees, high of 66, and a low of 47. Tonight in the NBA, Bulls at Wizards in D.C. Catch that tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time. In NCAA football, College bowls wrapped up on Monday, with TCU losing to Georgia 65-7. All-Star games start up on January 28th at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. The NFL standings for the 2022-2023 season, uh, performance-wise, let's make that clear, performance-wise, uh, Bears are at the bottom with a total of three wins and 14 losses this season, a winning percentage of .176. At the top, Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles, with 14 wins and three losses exactly, that's .824. So I got Chief back to you.
2: So, uh, Russell, uh, going forward, um, I uh, just run this stuff by you. The last couple of years has been actually the last five or six years has been some of the most at least to my way of thinking which is you know I guess maybe somewhere buried in, in the past but uh, some ways not so much uh, I'm just saying I some of the most counterintuitive things I think I've, I think I've ever seen when uh, Trump ran for office all he did was talk about steel companies and basic industries the minute he got in those companies were the All those things got pummeled. Their stocks got pummeled. And uh, Mm -hmm. in the last three years, we've had, allegedly, the most incredible chip shortage on Earth where those guys could charge whatever they damn well please for any chip. At the end of the day, the chip companies are like the ones you absolutely don't want to own, which I would never have guessed. Uh, And electric car stocks, uh, in the last two years, if you bought those, all you've done is lose money, even though seeming like that's the direction we're headed. Whether we should be or shouldn't be is another issue, but... Why? Why is why is this? Why is everything just so counter? Why well, there
6: chips in cars? It's not you know. It, it, drop the electric for a second, but semiconductors in cars are the most econo- two of the most economically sensitive uh, industries you have out there. And when you don't want to own those stocks, whenever there's an economic slowdown, and everybody keeps saying, you know the recession is, is about to about to get us. Yeah. So that I mean that, I I think that's the, the reasoning behind the stocks doing so poorly. And the electric cars, I I, God, I I can't remember a first week of a semester where somebody didn't ask me what I thought of Tesla. That's all that. Yeah. That's, that's what undergrads want to know. What do I think of Tesla? And I'm like, and I, I always give <laughs> the same answer. I say it's it's an auto company and. They haven't had to live through a recession yet, and that's
2: what they're really going to have to survive if they're going to be around long term. Well, And I, that's where we're at now. I, I, I so. absolutely understand, as, as a trader and investor, mm-hmm. what you just said. However, the part that I'm having trouble with is there should have been an 18-month to 2-year bubble where Micron and Intel and all these places that make these chips should have made so much money that they they would be like an apple with like four billion in the bank. That even though this year looks slow, they would have a bulge of wealth that they could never even come close to pissing away, and yet they don't seem to. Oh, I.
6: They weren't able to benefit from the shortage is is, is easily as you would think, just because it's the technology behind putting these things together. It, it's not like you flip a switch on and, and suddenly you can start producing more and, and you know. And fill the demand.
2: Well, I understand. Right,
6: that. you're looking, but you're looking at the long term demand. So they're, you know, they're doing a lot capital spending wise to, you know, try to try to catch up with that. And I think maybe that capital spending that they're having to do is also weighing in on their profitability. Well,
2: I I, I would never disagree with you on this. You're absolutely correct. What I'm, what I'm saying is, if if you and I own a hamburger stand. And all of a sudden, we had one competitor in town. And for whatever reason, uh, he was <laughs> he was smoking, uh, what's the stuff that you, used to, you have to do, an open thing? Crystal meth some night, and his place burned down for six months. And we were able to raise the price of our hamburgers by 20% for six months. And all of a sudden, he's back in business. I get it. Our, our, our outlook mm-hmm. going forward hasn't changed. But what happened to the 20% higher we made for six months? It's got to be someplace. I'm saying I re-
6: think they're honestly. I think they're reinvesting it,
2: but okay, okay.
6: They eat, but they, you know, there are parts of the world that were not consuming chips at all. Okay, for a while. And, and part of part of the curveball behind everything we're talking about is what happened in 2020.
2: I'm just saying it. it, it I just, you know, I'm a. Being i am a... know.
6: I see what you're saying. It's just the, um, you know, the the ability to benefit is easily with your hamburger stand. Uh, Example with the semiconductor example, it's just it's not it's not as easy to, to do that.
2: Well, I, I guess, man, I'm trying to look at the this, the holistic approach. God bless. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that for? A word? But I mean, somewhere along the line, the price of the Ford pickup truck is like double because how much they allegedly had to pay with for all that stuff they put in them. Well, allegedly, what they had to pay for the chips. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the excuse. Now, what you're saying is it may not actually be true what they're telling us. But if it was, you would think the chip company would be fat and happy, and they aren't. That's, that's, it just seems. i, 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 mean, I do not want to beat this up too much more. I'm saying, as an investor, knowing that there was this chip problem, you probably would have said, "Yeah, I better invest in some of these companies." But if you did, mm-hmm. you're you're a stone cold loser, which is a little weird, is all I'm saying.
6: Yeah, and I think I, I really do think that it's um, it's a function of of that industry. I, it, the, the the semiconductors. I worked at a hedge fund for a long time where I was not allowed to buy individual stocks okay. for my personal account. But I could trade ETFs. And I made more money around the economic cycle buying the, uh, you know, the... I can't even remember the name of it now, but the SOX-related ETF, the semiconductor one, and, you know, buying it toward the bottom of an economic cycle and then selling it when everything was all rosy. Um, I didn't go through that I haven't gone through that Because I don't work that place anymore In some time But I just know from my experience That that's how you go about Trading those stocks
2: You know the reason
6: And there's not a direct connection Between um, the stock's performance And the co- company's profitability
2: Well yeah, the reason why As you know I, I ask these questions For a lot of twofold reasons One is I would say the listeners want to know Because they're all investing I would think or most of them are. The other is, you know, I talk to clients all day long, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you constantly get this, God, th- it looks like this company's going to do real well. The government loves them. Uh, should we buy in there? And, it, and it, uh, you ha- constantly have to drop back into this. Just because you like the place and you like the people and you like the product and you think it's got a future, you have to look at where the stock price is. Are you, yeah. the, are you the first yeah. person to get this memo? or does everybody know about it, or does whatever. I mean, I will say this, Russell, and this one I, I wonder if you do have a question about. Given the fact that the Russians were shutting off the gas supplies and Europe was going to be freezing this winter, and uh, explain to me how the hell natural gas went from 930 six months ago to 370.
6: Everybody built up the inventories. You know what, there was enough of a lead time... And also, they haven't gotten really cold weather in Europe yet, but there was enough of a lead time that they started, you know, planning for getting nothing from Russia.
2: Okay, and then they, remember yeah. the story we talked maybe was it six weeks ago? We talked about the guys with the natural gas ships, the liquefied natural gas LNG ships. They weren't landing in Europe; they were just <laughs> driving around in the ocean, waiting for the prices to go up. Yeah, whoever made that decision, I hope he's fired. Well, shoot. they
6: um the, fir- the first LNG ship from the U.S. unloaded in Germany, like in the last week or so.
2: Yeah, they've been dri- they've been and driving around. And that's
6: hope- the other thing is now they've got an alternative supply. They didn't freeze to death in December, and they were able to, you know, They if if Putin, you know, and God knows what's going on in that freaking guy's mind, but if if he really, you know, if if he really wanted to. Grew over Europe, he would have cut them off on the coldest day of the year, <laughs> you know, and not and not said, "Hey, I'm going to do this to you." And they had enough time to they, they scrambled around, and did everything they could to prepare.
2: Well, weren't they weren't they doing with the LNG stuff like they do sometimes with the oil tankers? They say the price is down a little bit. Slow down on your way over there. Weren't they just they weren't? I, really, ha- I have not heard that. I did. I, that I, 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 right.
6: but I do. I know part of part of the issue was. They didn't have the facilities to unload this stuff in in Europe, and now they do, and yeah. and well, that's a recent recent development.
2: Well, there were there were only a few places here that could. I I read a few years ago because uh, as LNG is, I mean, we had some investors in that, so I was up on it at the time. Uh, they were actually was, people were designing. I don't know if there are any. Maybe this is a Matt Byrne question uh, that were the, where you could just essentially send the pipe to the ship. And the ship was able to liquefy it and re re-gasify it on the other end, without having the, the the shore unit in the middle that did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that how many of those ships are out there, if any, or if it's still a gleam in the designer's eye. I, but eventually, um, you'll essentially be able to just plug the gas line into the ship, and the ship will do the. Uh, well you you got to what compress it down to where it's the. Yeah, well, you know, you have to you have to compress it to where it's liquid. Words it means you're. Minus two hundred and some degrees Kelvin or something, some huge number. I mean, it's 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 totally ice cold. That's what's what mm-hmm. compresses it somehow. I'm no I'm no engineer, but but it just it does seem like it, it, as as traders. I mean, I I we have done a boatload better than than I'm going to say most, Russell, because we have stayed in the indexes and, and protected mm-hmm. the indexes and stayed in there rather than trying to pick some of these stocks. I mean, I we've got a lot of clients that uh, you know they're, they're they call them conviction stocks. You want you want to have for your grandkids, God love them. The conviction stocks for Amazon, Tesla, Nvidia, yeah, Apple's still okay. Uh, some of the other ones, I man, I I don't I mean I. That's why I asked you last week. Uh, the market, I believe, will always come back. The economy will always come back. I mean, for all this is America, I'm not mm-hmm. so sure. Just like 2000, that the same stocks that were everybody's. You know, everybody's touting the last five years are the ones that are going to come back. It might be some other. Oh, it's very possible that we'll
6: have. If if you ever see those lists of uh, the biggest companies in the S and P 500, like every five years, it's always a big, you know, big shift in the industries. And and, you know, energy energy has been at the top of those lists periodically. And I think it it's working its way back up right now.
2: Well, you know the,
6: But but eventually it'll shift back around and. Um, but they're, they're often on those on those lists of companies. They're often companies that, are like, I, I, I don't remember them.
2: <laughs> well, you're you're too young. The reason why I know you're too young is because I'm too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 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 in undergrad or someplace. Remember Morgan Stanley? You've heard about it. Morgan Stanley's Nifty Fifty. Oh yeah, yeah. For those listeners, and for <laughs> and for poor Mad Byrne back in the was it the early seventies? They, hmm. Morgan, I think it
6: was, a yeah, I thought it was the late 60s, early 70s, in that time
2: period. Or, or Polaroid. It was, uh, Morgan Stanley came out with a list of 50 stacks that were going to be the stacks like for the future, In more towards yeah. Richard J. Dalian. And the stacks in there, wasn't Polaroid number one? Uh, and I, it, was,
6: it, it, it was a lot of cutting-edge, early 70s technology.
2: And uh, it, was, it was stuff eventually that just
6: got supplanted by late seventies or early
2: eighties or whatever. No, and, and which, but, became, yeah. which became which became the Oracle, Cisco, those things in the in the ninety late nineties, leading up to the two thousand bomb. And and now none of those stocks have really come back except for Microsoft, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Dell. I, I, can, I, I can't I can't get a read on Dell though because first they were. Get down so low, the guy took them private. Now they're back out again. So I don't think you can count that one as being better. Than yeah, that. there's no good comparison on that one. But the other ones were what? It was Oracle, uh, Intel, Microsoft, which um, said has um, come back? Microsoft, Cisco, IBM, Cisco.
6: They uh, no, come I, back and I, then, I, I
2: then IBM, came out. IBM, might have, IBM, I think was probably one of the the Nifty Fifty. I don't think it was one in the nineties. It was it was already out of favor. They were they weren't nothing like Oracle and Cisco in terms of performance. Yeah,
6: uh, but they uh, but. The, the funny thing is they didn't really run IBM didn't run up in the internet boom thing but but they actually were one of those few stocks that performed positively right. after it
2: well the reason why I know they weren't is because the five I'm talking about were over 45% of the QQQ just like the, oh yeah the like Google they kind of are now yeah they kind of they, they were now I don't think they are anymore uh, um, the top ten stocks
6: of the Qs are just over fifty percent.
2: But I mean, it was five that was over forty-five. Yep. It was was Facebook. It was Amazon. It was the Fangs. It was the Fangs plus Microsoft, right? Yeah. Um. So what? Fangs are what? Facebook, Apple. Uh no. Uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Netflix, Google, and Netflix and Google. Yeah, well, they're, they're not. they yeah. Netflix is way down. So what? What? Uh, when you guys went around from place to place, uh,
6: mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Was see, we did. We we, we we do it for for the everyman. Uh, University of Chicago does it for the you know all the blue bloods.
2: Well, the Michigan Avenue group That's a lunch and you bring yeah. your big clients. It's like an economic club. Of Chicago. I don't know—is is the Michigan Avenue group still
6: the same thing it used to be? Because because you know that that's where you get robbed now.
2: Well, you know, I actually went by. You know, what's still open is Chicago? <laughs> the Chicago Athletic Association is open. I thought they closed. They still. Yeah. Anyway, but no, the. the uh, I mean, I, I used to be in the Economic Club of Chicago and go to those things. They were always interesting. You know, some big up there talking, and you had to wear a tuxedo. They, they won't.
6: They won't invite me to join that one. I would. I'd give my right arm to be in that club.
2: You got to apply.
6: I you wouldn't. don't apply. You have to be invited. No, you don't. Oh, okay. You, you hit. Ha- I'll go apply. <laughs> you. You can't. <laughs>
2: you, you have to be. You have to be taken to a dinner by somebody in yeah. the club at least twice before you can apply.
6: Yeah, the only people I know are you. So yeah, except
2: I, I dropped out. Not happening. I dropped out. <laughs> Well, you know, my my guy, my my patron was a uh, Jim Tyree. See, I don't know anybody. Well, uh, well I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can introduce you a few guys. Uh, yeah. you know, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'll start my own economic club down here. With that. Well, you know, you oh. know, you know who's in there. I'm at, i I don't I don't know if they're still alive, but uh, Chuck Henry was in there. Bill Floresh <laughs> is in there. I think. I yeah. can I can find, uh, the, um, you. I can find you people. But then I had to go for it's a, a, big it's a lot of
6: it's a lot of CEOs. CEO, oh, I,
2: without a doubt, <laughs> without yeah. a doubt.
6: And, and I'm not and I'm not special enough to be a chief anything. Well, plus so. I want you
2: to buy I want you to buy a table. And if you're yeah. a, if you're a schmo, I think I bought a table my first time. And the table I think it was in the hallway. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't even hear anything. When we were so far back. It takes a while. Now Jim Tyree was up front, so yeah. Uh, you know, I had a speaking of which we had. I'll give you two minutes on this. Jimmy, who was one of the nicest men, he, he ran Mesro. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. he also was the guy who my high school, Maris High School, as the South Side demographic, shall we say, changed, uh, was in somewhat hard times. I don't think they were close to closing, but Jimmy was on the board, put a lot of money into the system, and he was the, was the guy who essentially said we're going co-ed. And as soon as they did, uh, Maris has not looked back. I mean, they're doing spectacularly well. It's a great place. Uh-huh. Uh, the, w- the women's teams are, and the women that graduate from there are unbelievable, because uh, a lot of the girls' schools had closed. Uh, so yeah, but so Jimmy took me to dinner. It was the day, it was the day Bear Stearns crashed. Ep- the absolute day, Russell. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting down, and uh, and I we, uh, were the first two there, right? So we sit, and, and Jimmy had the ability, like some people do, and a lot of people don't. When he was talking to you. It doesn't matter if you were coming down Niagara Falls. You felt that was the only thing important in his mind was talking to you. There's yeah. A few, there's a few people yeah, that have that talent, and he was one of them. You know who else had it? it a lady we had on the show here. Karen Reeves has it. You know who had it? it was oh, Carol, Mo- Carol Moseley Bryant who had it, without a doubt. Yes. And anyway, so Jimmy says to me, you know, I want to talk about you. I know about my stuff. I don't want to talk about my stuff, but I have to tell you about i got three or four of my best friends who work for Bear Stearns. And he said, "You know, they just went under today." And he says, "Bear Stearns foolishly." And he goes, "I've told them that. Now I don't want to tell them because I don't want to say I told you so." Virtually all their 401k was in Bear Stearns stock. Oh yeah, no, the, yeah.
6: their their employers were true believers, and they they didn't just lose their jobs;
2: they lost yeah. everything. He goes, I, "So four or five of my best friends not only lost their job, they lost their retirement." You know, mm-hmm. by the way, they they live in a place where a lot of people are bears. You know, they can't are they're, they're, they're toast. They're just toast, you know, and they're 60-some years old.
6: Somebody out in in my neighborhood took a header in front of a metro.
2: You know, there's talk about a a, uh, a tell. We have a client, he's still a client. um, He was involved in one of those Bear Stearns things early on, one of the ones that were like off balance sheet. Mm -hmm. And he lost a bunch of money like six months before any of this happened. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know the guy very well, but I, because I, I mean, he's got stuff all over the place. He's a real bright guy. He's a big guy he uses us for his option stuff, and he's a he's a terrific dude. But I, I never, I don't really ask what other people are doing somewhere else. It's of my really freaking business, right?
0: Well, yeah. uh,
2: But he did mention something about this Bear Stearns thing that he was in. He dropped a million bucks like six months before. And instead of putting two and two together, like saying, "Is this a problem with Bear Stearns?" I never, even, I never even thought about it, Russell. I just. Yeah,
6: they had, like, three internal-type hedge funds that went bust when the stock was still in the hundreds.
2: Yeah, yeah, he must have been one of yeah, those.
6: That, and that was the first red flag, and that's when, you know, Kramer went on CNBC and said everything was fine, and which which he flipped on a little bit, you know, yeah. they all flipped on a little bit later.
2: But it was way before, it was way before the, the mess happened. Yeah. it was Maybe it might have been as long as a year, wasn't it?
6: It was. I feel like it was a few quarters before, but
2: I would say three uh, quarters. It that real,
6: It, it was what, what we're talking about is something that when they finally went bust, it was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That thing that happened back then was, you know, a bigger deal than we thought it was.
2: All right. So you got you're, you're going from place to place. You and your guys,
6: and you're mm-hmm. doing
2: you're doing the every every man forecast, breakfast, luncheon, whatever it is. What are you saying about this year? About this coming year? Yeah.
6: Um, it's going to be pretty hectic for the first half, and that you're going to want to be in stocks for the second.
2: What about a? I, I, I,
6: I, I, we've still got things to clear out, but we're actually on a better path than a lot of people think we are.
2: I uh, I, I love this one out there. I've been doing this for a few weeks now. I think in the next year, somewhere between where we are, maybe five percent, four seventy-five, probably four seventy-five by the end of the middle of to the end of the year. The Fed is at, you know, pick, whatever, twenty-five or fifty different from me. I'm going to say we're four seventy-five, and the Fed doesn't make a move for nine months, and they're they're not even what's talked about every day, all day long, and they're they're just neutral.
6: We start to forget about it that yeah. it, as as everything starts to write itself.
2: Well, right itself or just revalue, yeah. and just that's what the new price is, and let's work on it from here. And mm-hmm. I don't even think there'll be other subjects. There'll be earnings and. Might be a recession and all kinds of other stuff. There's all these people keep getting laid off, and there might be some more supply chain. There's obviously obviously world issues, but I think the Fed is going to be talked about on a daily basis about one tenth what they are now come September.
6: I could see that. And, but that I could nice see that, and I, and I would say quicker.
2: You think earlier than that? You know, I, I, what it'll probably take, it'll probably take a couple
6: of meetings where. They're on hold, and they don't see anything interesting, so maybe it will take a little bit longer than I'm thinking.
2: How long do you think it's going to take before uh you know the talking heads stop with this pivot going back to one percent stocks doubling again mentality
6: oh that'll ne- it depends on what network you watch, but that'll never go away
2: <laughs> but do you think do you think there's any chance of that happening?
6: Oh no i don't not 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 that dramatic
2: no. I I could see them, if, if we have a real bad recession, dropping back down to four or three, seven, five or three and a half, but that's about it.
6: I think they're going to do their very best. You know, we do learn from experience, and I think they're going to do their very best to not get to such low levels again that they don't have any ammunition.
2: 30-second question. When are the banks going to be stop being so friggin', uh whatever the word would be, uh, Dealt with so so temerily to where they actually got to pay people some interest. I mean, how is it that the that you get four point seven at the treasury and you're getting zero on your on your bank account?
6: I uh, when people start looking, actually looking for yield, when that, when the demand shows up for it.
2: But all the small the small banks are all paying. No, I didn't catch the small banks are paying. You get a four percent CD well, at a small bank, right?
6: And that's and that's because that that's how they go about making their money.
2: Well, but banks is, is not the, make their money that way. Is the Fed ever going to get to the point where their job isn't to protect the five big banks? Are they actually going to do something for everybody else?
6: It'd be kind of nice if they would reach that point. Uh, I was very encouraged when I, I just saw a headline yesterday. That Powell said that it wasn't the Fed's job uh, to encourage green investing or whatever. I can't. I'm. I'm not, I know I'm not saying it correctly, and I know we're against time. But I like when I hear the Fed say that's not our job because the Fed keeps getting involved in things that really shouldn't be their job
2: well their job really is to make sure jamie diamond keeps getting his bonus well
6: that's not really their job don't say that their job is uh uh, as little inflation as possible and as good employment as possible Uh, balance those two
2: nice i know that was i know that's what it says (laughs) (laughs) well but no to hear to
6: hear powell say that's not i i I really liked how i that that
2: sounded he said he goes what do you say our Our job is not to promote a green economy. Yeah, something something like like that, that, which it's not. It's not, sure it is. Russell, take care of yourself. Enjoy yourself down there. Fun in your first class. Hope you get a great group. SPV is up 14. NASAV is up 33. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks.
5: Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex DAX research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.
0: Suppose you run your business
5: and let me run mine.